0: It's the Locked on Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I am one of your hosts. I got my boy Cam Underwood in the building. You know what it is. It's game day. And so we got to talk a little Louisville, Miami. What's going on, Cam?
1: Yo, I'm out here chilling, man, having a good time. But before we jump into the episode, uh, to all the listeners and to my esteemed co-host, I had to wish you a happy birthday, man. You know, it's out here uh, celebrating a big uh, occasion with the birthday. So, man, I hope that, uh, you know, we get off this microphone early so that you can hit the turn up late.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm trying to turn up. You know, I joined the Dirty 30 this year, so it's time to really, really turn up. You know, they say you're a whole adult now once you hit 30. I don't know. uh, I heard there's a little extra when you you turn 40, but I'm not ready. Ready to be there yet. Yeah, I just want to enjoy these dirty
1: 30s. Nah, I hear that, but you know, I'm rapidly approaching the uh, I'm a man, I'm 40 range, uh-huh, so uh, uh-huh. you know, you, you the young buck on the microphone, man. But like I said, man, happy birthday. Uh, get you this win against Louisville on uh, your birthday weekend, homecoming, official visits, senior day, all of that put together.
0: I want all that smoke. I want all the smoke, and we'll be talking about all the smoke, but before we get into that, make sure you go follow the show at locked on canes on Twitter, make sure you go follow me on Twitter at B. Make sure you go follow my boy Cam here at on Twitter at Underwood Sports. So. And by the way, we've had a little bit of a mailbag situation, so make sure you always send your questions uh to to the Twitter with the hashtag mm-hmm. locked on Kane, So we make sure, we can kind of interact with you guys. We can kind of talk back and forth with you guys. You guys run the show. We're just here to distribute all the information. So, let's jump into it. So, for me, when I, this is a very interesting game because there's plenty of implications in all of this for both teams. You know, Miami comes into this game a six-and-a-half-point favorite last time I checked the line. And I think that'll hold serve, but we're talking bowl games. We're talking a possible win, and we could still win the Coastal still. I mean, it's still in play. I mean, we need a little help, but, you know, it's still in play.
1: Yeah, uh, you need a lot of help, first of all. Uh, to win the Coastal. But yeah, man, there's a lot for both teams. You know, like you said, both teams enter with five wins. So whoever wins is bowl eligible at the end of the game on Saturday. And whoever's not, uh, you know, still has a couple of games to try to get there. Uh, You know, you try to keep that momentum going for uh, Miami across these uh, last couple of weeks with some wins. Excuse me for hitting my table with my foot. That really hurt, but okay. Um, And, uh, you know, Louisville, obviously, they're still trying to uh, just turn the direction of the program Uh, full-scale from last year because that team was terrible with Bobby Petrino. They quit. They didn't play well. They were not, uh, you know, fundamentally sound. Uh, And Scott Satterfield was trying to turn that around. And, you know, Miami is always everybody's Super Bowl. And you've seen that earlier this year. And to get a landmark win, you know, Georgia Tech, I don't think they've won since they beat us. But they can still go back and point to, hey, we beat Miami that one time. So that's proof positive that what we're doing to rebuild this program works. And Louisville's still gonna try to do that same thing. So yeah, th- this is a big game.
0: It definitely is. It really is. And I think bowl eligibility, even and I think fans they say, oh, it's six and six. It's the who cares bowl. Uh and who in a city no one wants to play in because it's gonna be a cold weather game. Because we know how that kind of thing goes. They're not gonna keep us here. So of course. No fans are upset about it but the coaching staff they love the whole idea of getting a ball game because they get the extra practice time. Yeah, we're talking Allen Iverson here. We're talking about practice, not a practice. game, but practice. And those are those extra practices matter because it's not like in the off season you just get guys practicing. That's rest and recovery time. So when the springtime comes, we get these new early enrollees coming in, you get the team hyped, and we kind of start this whole thing all over again. You let those guys rest and recover. Because this game is it takes a toll on your body regardless of how old you are. So those extra practices in the winter, even if it's walkthroughs, helping young guys get acclimated, even the early enrollees from the early signing period, which I still, I'm still on the fence on. Do I? I'm a traditionalist and I like, you know, the, the I like the original signing day, leave it the way it is but i understand the purpose so it helps some of these new guys get involved in the offense and kind of get an extra head start because you know those guys are really sophomores by the, if they come in early they're really sophomores going into their true freshman year and i say that in air quotes true freshman but they've been acclimated to the program so that those all of those factors do weigh in when it comes to bowl games there is no tanking this is not George, this is not virginia tech
1: yeah, and I mean, the thing, ooh, that was a good drop right there. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the thing about it is, you know, if Miami wins out, there's still a chance that you can get the Orlando Bowl game. I don't know what they're calling it now, the Camping World or mm-hmm. uh, Russell Athletic. That was the game that, you know, Miami beat West Virginia a couple of years ago yeah. and then in 2016, and that propelled them into, you know, a 2017 season that started 10-0. and You can still gain value. From a bowl game, even if it's not a national championship game or orange bowl or something like that, you know, like we're not at that point that we can overlook any kind of experience uh, that you can get. You know, it's good for the players because obviously you get your bowl gifts and especially for the young guys on the roster. And I just did a question and answer with uh, our SB Nation uh, sister site for Louisville and I broke it down. Miami has 75 scholarship players right now which is well under the 85 uh, scholarship limit. But that's not even the point. Of those 75, 51 of them are freshmen or sophomores. you telling me that you can't use the whatever, the 12 extra practices and an extra game? And then, you know, if you're talking about these guys who have not played in their four games yet, that means uh, the defensive tackle trio of Jared Harrison Hunt, Jason Blissett, and uh, uh, the dancing guy, Jalara Holly. They, all of a sudden, they get game reps against an actual live opponent. Mm-hmm. That can be invaluable. So I know that people are looking, okay, we're not going to go to the Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, da-da-da-da, we don't want a bowl game. You yes, sound you dumb and you yes, look you stupid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You Yes, you do. Uh, and even if you don't, and look, if we go, if we if Miami were to go 6-6 six and six and go to the Motor City Bowl, which is played in my hometown of Detroit, Michigan, On the day after Christmas, which happens to be my cousin's birthday, I probably would not go to that game. Being a Detroit native and probably being in town for another milestone life event, I would sit that one out. But I'm not going to sit here and say there's no value for the team. Are you kidding me, bro? Like, come on. No, 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 no. You want a bowl game even if you're not going to go to it.
0: Yeah, I I look at those experiences. One, a lot of these guys never really leave a certain area of the country. If you're from South Florida, you've never really gone outside of what's, let's say Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, for the most part, a lot of these guys never leave the state of Florida. So it's good to see other parts of the country that actually exist. So they get exposure. I've always been one. And you and I are both, we understand the whole idea of exposure and getting guys to be cultured. We love that word cultured and they get and, 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 and
1: mature, mature and everything. Yes. I will say though, I don't ever, and I have been to this location. I talked about it when we went out to that bowl game. I am never in my life going back to El Paso, Texas. No,
0: <laughs> I like,
1: and I have like, and I can say that as someone who has been to that location. So I'm not even just throwing stones and casting aspersions, uh, you know, just from far away. I am far away now because I was once in that location. No, and I know that like it is good to get out and see this world and you know see this country because there are beautiful places to go travel. That ain't one of them. Just trust Ouch. me.
0: Ouch. Ouch. I mean. That,
1: or like, or what? Shreveport, Louisiana, two days before Christmas? What? Nah. Or like on or Christmas Day or the day after? Like uh, the B-Riders had to do for that bowl game a couple years ago? No, 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 no. So, I mean, it is nice to get away from home a little bit and see some other places and things like that. But it is my sincere hope and goal that they are in more uh, amenable circumstances and situations and locations than either El Paso, Texas, or uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, for the bowl game.
0: Can I get an Orlando bowl game? I'm right across the street, essentially. I'm in Central Florida. It's it's a hop, skip, and a jump to go. The tickets will be cheap. I get to see my team. I'm I'm down with it. I'm down with it. I, I just don't give me a bad opponent. Give me somebody I'm willing to go see. I, I mean, UCF wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind it. Just saying. I mean, since they're ducking us, since they're ducking us, but you know. Oh well,
1: no, because you know they want to go over their, uh, over their pay grade, trying to say, oh yeah, we're only going to agree to home and homes, no two for ones <laughs> with Power Five schools. Yeah. Look, little buddy, little buddy, calm that down. Yeah. Um, You're not, Boise you know, State. so right, exactly. I mean, but Boise, they play. Look, no, they didn't. They took one offs. They went to Wisconsin. Like, not even as a home and home, as a, look, we'll just take that one away game because y'all need a game this year. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were like, cool, we will play you anywhere, anytime, and eventually then you'll get some, you know, you'll build up the cachet like that. Um, UCF's not that. But, I mean, hey, I would love the Orlando Bowl game again. It's a short three-hour drive from my door up to Orlando. You know, I got friends up there where I could stay with somebody, uh, you know, have a friend or three come over from Tampa, get some nice seats, go to that game. Again, the last time that I was in attendance at that bowl game in 2016, we whooped up on West Virginia, so I'm good to do that again. And I saw Manny Navarro from The Athletic. He put up all of the projections, all of the bowl projections currently uh, written across the, uh, the media landscape, and two of them, have Miami versus Texas in that bowl game mm. in Orlando? Yeah, sign me up for that.
0: Sign me. I would love to see Texas again, especially since Absolutely. they said they were back. And well, you know, but we're not going to talk. Yeah, and you know, the last time we played them, five hundred yards of, of penalty yardage in a straight up. Can I, I? I guess I'll have to bleep this one. But ass whooping. So, um, you know, no. I mean,
1: we had all them yards of penalties. Of all types, and I mean, most of them were celebration and and taunting and things like that, and beat them by six and a half touchdowns.
0: Six and a, there are some teams that don't score six and a half touchdowns in two or three games. And hello, talking, yeah, yeah, yo,
1: did you see this? And I I know that we're gonna you know keep going with Miami talking everything, but um, Northwestern has not scored a touchdown in their last. 40, 4-0 offensive drives. And over that time, they have seven turnovers.
0: Yo. Bring in, bring in the stats today. Bring in the stats.
1: I mean, that's what I do.
0: You know? But, see, you know, I I love how you go in there. And we're talking offense. And, you know, great offenses start fast and that's what we're, we're here to talk about we're, we're here to break it all down we broke Louisville down yesterday that was a it was a very interesting experience I always like to look at our look at your opponent and see what are their their strengths and weaknesses I'm I come from a coaching background so I really like to just deep dive into a team's film and really getting a chance to talk about the team but not only you know Get a chance to break the, break that team down. I have a little bit more of a, uh, of an idea of what I what we're up against here. But now those you guys weren't here for Louisville. You were, but you weren't. So now you're here for Miami. We're gonna break Miami down, talk about our strengths, our weaknesses, and how we match up against this Louisville team on the other side. All right, so we're talking Miami here. We're we're talking about the Hurricanes offense, the same Hurricane offense that went deep early and often against a Florida state team that caused another guy to lose his job. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep rubbing it in until the end of the season. You got a guy fired. I, I, I like that. I mean, I don't root for guys to get fired, but you know, anytime I can, you know, we can cause Florida state some, some kind of problems, you know, it's always mm-hmm. good. So we're going to talk about this offense. We can start at the top. Everyone loves quarterback. So let's get that out the way. Jaron Williams, quarterback, really good, uh, mobile, decently mobile, Good arm, not a great arm, but good enough. And he's getting better. He's being, he's able to read the field a little bit better. His footwork's pretty good. He's healthy. He's got the juice again. And I feel like I see a different Jaren Williams. He saw what, it, what, the, what the bench looked like, and I don't think he really liked it too much.
1: I mean, if you're a competitor, you do not like the bench. And luckily for him, Nkosi Perry had the performance to open the door for him to get back on the field. And now, like you said, you know, Jaren has a little bit of swag back to him and everything. I, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, again, I say that, you know, my eyes tell me that if he is healthy now, that he was not healthy before. But either way, he is healthy now. He's able to stretch the field a little bit. The protection of uh, the offensive line is going better. So, yeah, you know, uh, things are going well at the quarterback position. He is very accurate. Uh, and that is a thing that nobody can controvert. You know, he's completing about 66, 69, somewhere in there, percentage of his passes. So, you know, short and intermediate passes, those square ends, yo. I mean, he is deadly accurate with those. And if you're able now to hit the guys over the top, you um, like you were last week against Florida State, that's going to just bode well. And Manny Diaz, you know, he said that, you know, while people like myself, like my boy Roman, like lots of other people want Miami to run a spread system, he said that's not what we're going to be about. He said, you know, we want a power run game, a downhill running game with good quarterback play and deep throws. That's the offense that he wants to see. So what, what Dan Enos is running is what Manny Diaz wants. And those that was the offense of the Miami Hurricanes in the past that was really great. I don't necessarily think that we need to go backwards on in that way, but hey, if it works, then great. So, you know, yeah, he's uh this is the offense that we're running and Jaron Williams fits it very well. And obviously, you know, he played well at Florida State and hopefully continues that this week.
0: Definitely. And and I think there's nothing wrong with the traditional old school tough running game, play action pass over the top. It all looks it's all the same. Football's still the same thing. It just looks different. We I mean, whether it's two backs in the backfield and a tight end, two receivers, under center, that's great. But you can do that same thing out of two back set, three receivers, replace the tight end with the slot. It's the same thing. So, for me, when I look at how this team is built and what this what Manny Diaz wants, He wants an old school type of football team because the defense feeds off of that, that mentality and the offense feeds off of those guys on defense being a physical bunch too. So I'm okay with that. I I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to trick, he's tricking the mind and essentially get these guys thinking physicality, physicality, physicality. Are you going to be Alabama? Probably never going to happen. That's a different type of football out there, but you know, you can play that brand of a bully ball essentially Uh, even with these more finesse offensive linemen that we have now, Uh, Von Donaldson's a bit of a different breed, but for the most part, a lot of these guys and the only thing I've ever said about this team is we kind of talk about the offensive line is that there's a little less technique involved when it comes to hand placement. Uh, It's probably my one qualm and it doesn't matter if it's Miami, whether it's Alabama, LSU, whoever it's, it's an offensive line problem. And a lot of the big-time um, former offensive linemen, whether it was Brian McKinney, whether it's Brett Romberg, just a few names that, that we know from the, from our time co- watching this team and covering this team, they all say the same, t- same thing. Offensive line techniques are not taught the same, and this is why you have a problem up front. And once you get that issue fixed, that helps your run game, but it also helps your pass game.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, you can only go as far as your offensive line will let you go. Um And we said it before, you know, when you can have the perfect play dialed up for your skill guys. But if the quarterback doesn't have time to get them the ball or stand in the pocket and let the routes develop, it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, you know, the offensive line does need and has taken big steps forward, especially these last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they're able to do that again this week against the Louisville. Uh, You know, you did say... uh, you know, you can play like Alabama, but not be Alabama. Miami's not going to be Alabama from a size standpoint, pretty much ever. You know, there, you know, a Jonathan Garvin would be a, a would be a light outside linebacker at Alabama. You know what I mean? I mean, they have guys, they just get all of the freaks of life. You know, six foot five, 245 pounds, playing linebacker. Those guys are playing defensive end. And look, they come to Miami, and then we actually beef them up a little bit more and play them at defensive tackle. So it's a completely different mindset and par- paradigm for building the roster. But, you know, yeah, there are things that you can do. And obviously, you know, Miami is leaning on the way that they are trying to build and develop this team. And like you said, with the exception of Devon Donaldson, who is just absolutely massive. Most of the offensive linemen are a little bit more svelte, a little bit more athletic, and then you can kind of grow them and, uh, you know, uh, add weight on them over time, but you're not really going to get those really huge, huge, huge people um, up front. But, you know, they're, they're playing well and they're getting better. And even, you know, with the criticisms that uh, we and Romberg and McKinney and everybody else have, have levied, you know, the technique is improving and the performance is as well on the offensive line. Really good to see.
0: Now, receiver is really – and I, we can kind of group the skill. We'll call this the skill guys. I, I don't – nowadays you have so many different types of running backs. It's a little bit different than the the, day, the old days where it was like Adrian Peterson. Hey, you're not catching a football ever. You're just going to take a handoff. And for so we'll call it the skill guys, right? So between DJ Dallas, who's a converted receiver – uh, and quarterback. Uh he he's a different type of cat, but he's he's the game breaker really. He's the do it all back and then you have uh you have guys like Mike Harley, Jeff Thomas who's who just he's a he's a speed demon. You know what I've always said Miami has that one guy, whether it's and I can take this a little bit farther back, but Sonoris Moss, whether it's uh Philip Dorsett now uh Jeff Thomas they're all very much the same. They all have a small, speedy guy that can take the top off a of defense. Now, can he will he drop some passes? Yeah. Does do the quarterback's not help him out much because he's not a big guy. Yeah, but he's so dangerous that you have to back off just a smidge and it kind of opens up your run game.
1: Yeah, you know, the skill positions are really where Miami has an advantage uh across pretty much are against pretty much everybody that they play uh there is just a, a diversity of skills and uh, a, a plethora of talent and speed especially you know uh dj dallas he played everything in high school just because he went to a small school but uh he's elite area a uh, short area quickness and you know developing speed too he's had two long touchdown runs this year of over 50 yards uh which you know he might not have had in previous years. So even though he's 220, 225, you know, he's still moving. So that's a guy that you have to watch. And, you know, he can run it and catch it. You have... Um you know, Cam Harris, who is just rock solid and very muscular as a running back and arguably the strongest guy on the roster, pound for pound. You were already waxing poetic about Jeff Thomas, Mike Harley, Mark Pope, uh, you know, all those guys. D Wiggins, even who's a combination size speed guy. And you saw that last week because he ran away from Florida State's defense. And whether you think that they're good or not, Florida State has athletes. And if you're running away from their secondary, that's impressive. And that's what D Wiggins did. Uh, and you know you went through that whole thing and didn't. even know Our favorite person, who's that? Brevin Jordan, the best tight end in America. The
0: best tight end in football. Who might not exactly. play? That's the bad right. One. And he's
1: going to be a game time decision. But I mean, as we've gone through, we've all we've just mentioned so many guys on at skill positions, and everybody knows that by now. So it is really incumbent upon Danny Enos to find a way to get everybody involved and get the ball into the hands of the playmakers that we have on offense. They are at literally every single position. So sometimes it might be running back heavy. Sometimes it might be tight end heavy. Sometimes it might be wide receiver heavy. And that's fine because you have elite level athletes at all three of those skill positions. You just need to find a way to get them in advantageous situations to, you know, take advantage of the defense and then change the scoreboard.
0: So let's flip over to everyone loves offense and numbers and points and and all of that great stuff. But this team is built on what? Defense. It's always been built on defense, even though we put up some numbers in the past. Uh, this team is a, is this team has Manny Diaz's fingerprints all over it, and we know what that is. A physical, tough-nosed team that's aggressive, sometimes to its own detriment. But nonetheless, this is where you're going to get a lot of your juice from. Uh, the, the turnover chain has been coming out a little bit more often. We started out slow. I mean, I can't sit here and say – you know, it's been the defense of the last few years, but it's been solid. Shaq Quarterman, last game at home. Do you think it's going to be some waterworks? Uh, I don't know from uh, – maybe. I
1: think if you're going to get waterworks, you're probably going to get them from Sha- Shaq. Is like.
0: Yeah, I, I mean – for when you have so many, you have not so many uh, seniors, this this is a, a very young, young team. Uh, Shaq is going to be that guy. He'll say, man, it's a little piece of dirt got in my eye, man. I'm okay. That's what's going to happen. It's the way it is. Uh, he's, he's not going to show a ton of emotion right now just because it's pregame and all of that good stuff, but. On the inside, he's he knows he's going to miss being a Hurricane. He is the embodiment of what a guy that comes to the university comes to the University of Miami does, and li- he eats, breathes, and sleeps this thing. You know, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's that guy that goes out and gets a, a Miami Hurricane tat at some pro- at some point. You know, he's that kind of guy. Uh, so I could easily see this guy being you know he'll he'll be juiced up he'll will definitely see the and you may see somebody just get just complete get their head taken off early simply just for him to lay, leave a message this is what i do at the university of miami i've been doing this forever and by the way i've been in what at this point 48 straight games uh, and i got a couple more left in me so i can expect them, some really good things from him but i'm expecting more from that secondary i know the front seven's great i'm look i need 3 sacks from greg russo i need three to four so we can get this record because, you know, we got a little breaking news, and I know we don't talk other co- other teams here, but Chase Young, Ohio State's defensive end, who is an all-worlds freak, well, he's probably going to be out for the rest of the season, and he had a chance at having that NCAA record maybe, um, for at least for the, lead, the country's lead in sacks. Yeah, Gregory Russo, you got three games. Make it happen.
1: I mean, you would have four games with a bowl game. This is so, true, and we count
0: bowl game stats.
1: And we count bowl game stats now. That was a change that the NCAA made about a decade ago. So, um, if you're going for – I mean, he's only halfway to Terrell Suggs' 24 um, in a season. Um, that's still a, a tough ask for for Russo to get to. Especially um, with a
0: team like Louisville that runs the football.
1: And that has a quarterback who's very mobile as well. Mm-hmm. So this is another guy who you might get there and think, okay, if this is Hornibrook last week, like Manny Diaz said, he's a sitting duck, a stationary target. um, This is that was probably the only one all year, you know, and you're not going to get another one uh, from any of the quarterbacks that you play. A guy who's just going to be there at the top of his drop, you know, waiting for somebody to come open. We didn't see any other quarterback previous to that who really was sedentary like that, and you're not going to see it this week especially. Or moving forward, so uh, that for that reason, I think that you know maybe uh, Gregory Russo's individual sack numbers go down a little bit. Plus, teams are gonna, you know, they're gonna look at him. They're gonna they're gonna scheme for him now and say, okay, we've neutralized John Garvin from a statistical standpoint. Even though, if you look at you know the second level like advanced stats of you know pressures and hurries and you know when he wins his pass rush battles and things like that, John Garvin is still performing to the elite level that he always did. They're just double teaming him so he's not getting home anymore. And as the guy is running away from him, oh, there's Big 15 who's, you know, six seven with a wingspan that spans the entire eastern coast of the United States so I can reach out a hand and get you. You know what I mean? So, uh, Russo's numbers might go down uh, this week and they say, okay, maybe we let... Uh, you know slide the uh protection to the right and then just put um john garvin one-on-one against makai beckton their mountain of a left tackle who is not allowed to sack all year long maybe that can happen but uh you know the defensive tackles i think are still going to be uh playing strong uh just because they they have really kept up the standard of performance this year the linebackers we already talked about of you know mike and shack and then romeo finley uh you know with his soul glow hair uh you know his final (laughs) game as well uh but, yeah, it really comes down to the secondary playing, you know, well and strong. But they're going to have to come up and run support because, again, Louisville runs the ball twice as much as they throw it. So you're not going to have that many opportunities to play pass coverage. But when those opportunities come, you're going to need to take advantage. But that also means that everybody, and that includes five foot eight Trajan Bandy, needs to be some run support.
0: Yeah. And uh, the secondary, this secondary has been – I didn't ever think I'd say I miss Mike Jackson I, I really didn't Ever think I would Because he's he He's like a, a Poor When I say poor I mean Poor In a box In the rain In the middle of Topeka, Kansas Where there's no help Richard Sherman He's that guy But you know, he that guy has that guy really made a difference. When you're six one, six two, and you got all these big receivers, and you're willing to tackle, that makes a huge difference. Um, huge difference. So uh, this, I think, this defense is going to be good enough. I think as long as they they stay home, that's going to be the one key. I've said uh, throughout this week of preparation, watching this team. If this team gets undisciplined like they tend to do when they, when they get a little too uh, – they, they get to the point where they, they take op- opponents way too, too lightly. And they say, oh, we'll win with, with athleticism. It doesn't work that way. You have to be – this team – I almost look at the preparation for this game as the same preparation you need against a Georgia Tech. Because you have to stay very – your eye discipline is everything in this game. You mean
1: like an old Georgia Tech with Paul Johnson? Yeah, the old Georgia Yeah, the old Georgia
0: Tech. You have to remember – I have to remember that nowadays, Paul Johnson is – I mean, we've had so many years of of dealing with this. I Mm feel like it would never, ever go away. No, I hear you. So – but as far as – the defense is. I think the defense, if they can just get a couple stops and the offense get some points going, and you take away that run game and make them a one dimensional team, that's when you get to the point of Russo, Silvera, um, Garvin just just teeing off. You can take that run get that that jet sweep game away. You take that inside zone outside zone game away. Yeah, I could see a lot of sacks coming coming their way because. As far as Beckton is, you you're not gonna do anything with him. But there's also the pressure up the middle. I can see Shaq and Quarterman just blitzing away, uh, taking taking the pass game away. Just saying, if it's third and long, Manny Diaz just says, let's blitz him. I mean, that's the best way you 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 beat a quarterback that is probably a one read half the field type of guy. Mm-hmm. Blitz him to death, and and live with it because the I mean the guys on the back end should be fine.
1: They should be, and that's a thing that you can do. Maybe we see shades of the Florida game plan mm. where, you know, that that right def- or left side defensive end on the right side of the offensive line, that guy, now Gregory Russo, maybe, you know, rotating in with Scott Patchen, you play contain and mm-hmm. force that mobile quarterback to his left. Because he's right-handed, so that's away from his strong arm. And then you you know, you know, spy him a little bit more, And well, which you're going to have to do because he's a mobile quarterback of that caliber. So, yeah, maybe you see a little bit of those kind of things where it's, yeah, we're going to rush maybe 70% uh, from the end, but we're really just going to really try to set that edge mm-hmm. and push you to your weak side and then contain you and then let our guys who are spying and everything get downhill and then make you pay for it physically when you're outside of the pocket.
0: Very good game plan, many Diaz. if this is what happens, and no one knows i didn 't give away the game plan i don 't even know don 't come after me, go after cam it 's not my fault but uh, look
1: i I actually inadvertently did that one time uh, when I used to work at Miramar high School. I was the announcer there for the athletic events, and I mean I was the choir director full time, but whatever anyways, so I was on the microphone during a game against St. Thomas Aquinas. Ooh. And yeah, because my I mean, Miramar played Aquinas every year. And Aquinas ran this specific throwback screen that year that they had run previously at Aquinas the year before and scored a touchdown on. And so they ran it, and Miramar stopped it, and they ran it again. And I was like, yeah, you know, just whatever, hyping everybody up on the microphone, talking about, yeah, okay, watching that film, saw a throwback pass, y'all ain't gonna get that. And the head coach at the time, he turned around and goes, what the f- are you? And I'll say, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that I was oh geez like I was really attuned to the game plan so I, I inadvertently gave that away so uh, if I did that again Manny Diaz I'm sorry I didn't know you know this is just me talking about what I've seen and watched on the field so uh I mean hopefully it comes to fruition but also I didn't ruin it for everybody
0: definitely definitely we just like talking ball and you, you know that's the one thing when you come here you're getting a little bit of everything you're getting a little x's and o's you get a little a little bit of film talking we, we we like the storylines we liked the media side of it, but we also like talking a little ball. And uh, Speaking of talking a little ball, we're going to give you a a bit of some some predictions. Of course, we're going to give you a pick. It uh, It wouldn't be the Locked on Canes podcast without a pick, so we'll be able to give you all of that on the other side. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to getromancom roman.com slash lock to get a free online visit and free two day shipping. All right. So we have picks and predictions here. Uh, it's very straightforward this week. I, I think we were both on the same team on this one. So give me one player on offense, one player on defense that's an impact player and give me one bold prediction.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, let's see if we can come up with this on the fly. So I uh, was not prepared for that question, but I can do it anyway. On offense, our key player is going to be, um, we're going to go Brevin Jordan whether he plays or whether he does not uh he's i mean his that's presence is going to impact the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. So whether he's on the field is going to impact the game the way that they play. Whether he's off the field and doesn't play because of his knee injury uh this week that's going to impact the game. So uh one way or another it's going to be Brevin Jordan. Hopefully it's him on the field with uh you know the rest of the team making plays, but that's my offensive player. For defense, I'm just going to go with uh the destroyer of worlds in the secondary number 26 Gervin Hall. Mm. Uh He's a guy who I think he can really be integrated into run support. You saw last week that everything he hit, he destroyed at Florida State. He's playing with swag. He got an interception, you know, so he is really stepping up. And there were guys previously who wore number 26 who were like, man, you're not doing that number justice. Ain't nobody said anything like that about Gervin Hall. So I think this is another time when he really embraces the legacy of that number, you know, from Sean Taylor and everybody before him who wore that. And he has another really strong game. So. That's going to be uh, my defensive player. My bold prediction is that Louisville runs for less than 100 yards. And, I mean, if that happens, that's, I mean, a clear. I don't see any way that that happens and Miami doesn't win. But, you know, before in 2017, Notre Dame came down to Hard Rock Stadium with a at the time, Heisman Trophy candidate, Josh Adams, running back, talking about 33 trucking, and we going to run over you, and we deliver, and we hit the road, and whatever, whatever. We run, we run, we run. They did less than nothing in the run game that day. As soon as they left the stadium, nobody spoke about Josh Adams for the NFL ever again.
0: I remember I that. Think that
1: this de- <laughs> you know what I mean? But they shut all of that stuff down with vigor and enthusiasm. And I think that they have seen what Louisville does in the run game, and coming off of a very strong run defense performance against a very talented back and Cam Akers at Florida State last week, they're going to be keyed up. They're going to be ready for that. And Louisville ends the game with less than 100 yards.
0: All right. So we have, for me, offensively, Jaron Williams showed me something last week. He showed me a little ugly, but he showed me more good than bad and ugly. Uh, he made a throw to, I think it was K.J. Osborne on the sideline.
1: That was
0: Mike Harley. It was Mike Harley. You're right. It was Mike Harley. And that throw reminded me of a throw that one Ja'Cory Harris made to Travis Benjamin in 2008 in Dope Campbell Stadium at night. I I remember this game vividly. That was the Ja'Cory Harris-Heisman campaign starter it didn't go it didn't go far after about 3 weeks but for after <laughs> that one game you know there are very few guys that can can make that throw and there are very few receivers that can actually toe tap it in or just bring it in and stay in bounds the body control is silly so i think Jaron Williams is going to be my my impact player well, it's it's either one way or the other kind of like your brevin jordan pick it's if this team goes where Jaron Williams takes them. And I think you're going to see more of what you saw last week, because now he's a little bit more confident in that deep ball and knowing that his offensive line is going to block for him, which is something that is huge. And I think they're going to go bombs away, especially knowing how Swiss cheese this defense is. And on the defensive side, I gotta go with uh, my. I gotta go with my guy, Shaq Quarterman. I just know this. This is his last game. He's gonna be amped up for it. He is going to hit anything and everything that goes moves around him in this run game. He's gonna get through the trash, and I think you're gonna see second half of the season, Shaq Quarterman, and especially knowing this is his last game at home in front of these Hurricane fans, and bold prediction. I don't think Louisville scores much. I'm just going – I'll go with – I'll give them 10 oh. points. I'll, I'm just going to oh, be wow. honest. I'll give them 10 points. I think this defense is amped up, and I think they saw the tape from Georgia Tech. They know that that tape is going to be very similar to this one, and this is a different team now. I think they're not going to score as many points, and kind of like that Notre Dame game a few years ago, I think this defense is going to knock everything out they're going to key on this run game, force the game to be a, be one through the air and Louisville doesn't win through the air great. I mean, that's just the way it is. And I think this defense is going to be suffocating.
1: Wow, I mean, from your lips to God's ears. I'm I'm with that, but I mean, if you if you put prediction that or uh Louisville will run for less than 100 yards of offense with yours, they make sense because one will feed the other. If mm-hmm. they're not running the ball, they're probably not scoring. So, I I can get down with that.
0: Definitely. So, I'll say I'll give a score very similar to Florida State.
1: 28-10. Okay, I can rock with it. Um I feel a little bit differently on the uh the scoring yep. part. I think that uh you know if Miami turns the ball over, they get a short field for Louisville. They can still manufacture points. And, you know, that's the thing that Scott Satterfield teams have been renowned for. Uh, even if they have to go the length of the field, they find ways to score. So um, I said that my final score will be Miami 34, Louisville 27 with a late touchdown to make it a, to that kind of margin, yeah.
0: Well, I'll take a win regardless of how we get it. It's senior Amen. day. Send these seniors out on a good way. Give me a good birthday present, Miami. Please, if, if anything, give me a good birthday present. I'll take that. Uh, if
1: nothing else, win for Fred's yeah, birthday.
0: win one for the Fred. I'll take that one. Um, I just coined a new term, so like whenever, whenever I go back to the College Football Hall of Fame, I'll make sure I drop it off there. But um, definitely make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Locked On Canes, leave your questions, comments, anything. Leave us that feedback with the hashtag Locked On Canes. Also, go on iTunes, leave us a review, a like, a share. We need all of that. We want we want to hear from you. And also, make sure you go follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FredProducedFB. Cam again, let them know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I'm at Underwood Sports, and the show is at Locked On Canes. So be sure that you follow all of that. And again, just like Fred said, like, subscribe, share. You know, we're out here for the people, talking, you know, ball with you guys. So we want to hear from you guys as well.
0: So for a good game on Saturday, I think we're gonna after. And of course, you know, they they put us on uh, during the the greatest game of the year, of course. And I put that in air quotes because it's it, it may not, it may be, and it may not. But uh, my eyes will be glued on Louisville, Miami, so, and I know yours will be too. So we'll, we'll be kind of live tweeting throughout, and I might give a little instant reaction right after the game. Who knows? Maybe. But you got to stay tuned to Twitter to find that out. But until Monday, guys, when we'll break it all down, I am Fred. That is Cam. This is the Locked on Kings podcast, and we are out.